it's Nicole Brandon, and welcome to Unlimited Life. We have such a special and extraordinary show for you today. When I created Unlimited Life, it was really my greatest dream and goal and desire to bring you the very best, the top experts in their field from around the world, really the very best tools, techniques, keys, and secrets to living that unlimited life, the kind of life you always dreamed of, desired of, knew you deserved but didn't know how to get there. Well, today's guest is an exceptional expert. Today's guest is Vincent Molino. He is known as the general contractor of business. And the first time I ever had an opportunity to witness Vincent work, I actually just walked into a workshop I had no idea he was instructor. I had no idea what the workshop was. It was a teaching and business. And I just wandered in the room, and I can honestly say I was blown away. I was mesmerized. I was glued. I was captivated, and I was on the edge of my seat. And I had to know who this guy was. And, of course, I had to come back time and time again to learn from him. His teaching is so profound, and what he is able to do for individuals and businesses is launch them into areas and arenas they never knew were even possible. And so it's with great honor that I welcome today's guest, Vincent Molina. Vincent, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Nicole. That was that was very that was very gracious. Thank you so much. Oh no, I mean you're amazing. I was looking at your bio, and I mean for thirty years you've been doing this. And one of the things I didn't know about you was that you were the youngest Fortune 500 trader at just twenty years old. I mean that's astounding. <laughs> yeah, you know it's very interesting because when I meet that that plateau, well, it's not really plateau, but that that area, I didn't even try. One of the keys was what my, my, my father taught me. He had his own company. He was an entrepreneur, which is just serve people. And one of the keys, and I want to integrate this about the call, is one of the keys is honor, you know, honor what you know, but, you know, serve. If, be of service. The more you serve, the more you make. So it's never about the money. The money comes by service. So that's all I did with that company. And all of a sudden I got called into the office. And this is in a book I published and some other things. But, uh, and the division manager says, you know, you can do something a lot of people don't do. You have, you're not afraid of competition. And you listen, you learn, you teach other people. Aren't you afraid of people stepping on you or taking your job? And I was like, why would I? And at that young age, even though I was so, so naive, I was like, I'm here to rise people up. Daddy taught me that. And that's, and he says, well, I got a, your birthday's in two weeks. I have a birthday gift for you. I go, well, what's that? I'm thinking like a raise, right? <laughs> Money. <laughs> and he's like, and, he, and he's like, well, you know, um, I'm not going to mention her name, but you know, so-and-so's leaving. And I said, yeah, I know that's an attorney. Well, she's not coming back. I want to give you that position. I proved it with corporate. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, you'll be one of the youngest or the youngest in the history of the company as a Fortune 500 trainer. Your birthday's in two weeks. You'll be 21. I'm going to give it to you right now if you want it. And I was like, okay, because I didn't know any better. <laughs> wow. You know, and, yeah, that's so- amazing. You know, that brings me to one of my favorite questions to ask people then, which is the did you know question. So you're talking about when you were 20 that you had this grand birthday present, you know, and other people want a car, they want a pony, they want whatever. And I know that you were saying that your father had owned all these businesses. So did you know when you were 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, that was that in your nature to serve people, to help people? Were you able to come up with ideas that can change people's lives or help other kids or other teens? Or was it something that all of a sudden you just opened your eyes one day and said, gosh, that's a career path I would love to go down? You know something? I literally have goosebumps right now throughout my whole body. I've never been asked that question, but all the interviews I've done and all the speaking I've done, I've never been asked that. So I'm laughing. I get this big, this big Cheshire cat grin on my face. I knew by the age between 10 and 12. And the reason I knew is that I never got allowance past 10 because I worked for my aunt. And I became a cleaning boy, houseboy, whatever, her homes. She was very wealthy, and uh, I became that yard boy. I became a landscaper at, at 10. And by 12, I said, you know something? I want to have my own business. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew at that time, I knew at that time it would happen, but I didn't make the leap until 20 years ago. 
and I'm 54 now. So I'll, I'll, you know, I was I was 33 when I finally said I'm done with the corporate world. I'm done with corporate offices. I'm gonna go go for it. But I knew when I was 12. That's just phenomenal. I mean, because when I watch you, it's effortless. It's seamless, and obviously it's not. Obviously, it's years of knowledge and wisdom and information and strategy and business acumen and all of these things. But to watch you. It's like walking and breathing to watch you teach business. Well, you know, I thank you. Um, <clears throat> you know what I tell people, and I want the listeners to get this, if you are a business owner, you don't know everything. If you're an entrepreneur, you don't know everything. I don't know everything. I learn from other people. So when I made the leap to become an entrepreneur, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had a few ideas, but what I did know was, and the visualization, if you look at a corporation, I'll make it very simple. Let's say it's a 10-story building. What I did all the way to a corporate trainer was like the fifth floor. I didn't know how to start a company, run a company, any of that. And so I knew I needed to learn the business skills, skill sets to have a company. So I dedicated about almost two years. I started a company, but I didn't launch it officially for almost two years. And uh, because I knew I had to absorb and listen to my my trainers. Like you you saw me as a trainer, right? And I'm a trainer. I'm a speaker, yeah. trainer, consultant, coach. But um, I listened to copious notes, talked to them, talked to the people, even though I formed a company first, because I knew once I formed a company, I felt very like I got a company, but not ready to launch. See, let me just bring this up. Entrepreneurs, like startup companies, have a tendency to go, I'm going to make a million dollars or whatever in the next six months. I'm going to be revenue generating. I'll be profitable, <laughs> which is not realistic. You can be somewhat revenue generating, but it takes planning and action, not action and planning. <laughs> okay? So I want you to listen to this. <laughs> and you, you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to do this. And they take action, but they don't take planning. And so what happens is uh, there's a saying that I was gifted with many, many years ago, and the gentleman that gifted it to me has no idea where he got it from. He says, it's yours, just trademark it. Resurrection is more costly than birth. Resurrection is more costly than birth. In other words, if you take the time to birth it right, you'll never go back and have to try to resurrect it, right, and, you know, all those mistakes and everything. You'll make some, but still, you will get a path and that journey. And if you just go into action, out of, I'm going to talk about ego in a second, out of ego or whatever, that's where there's such a big attrition rate with startup companies and existing companies that want to grow. I don't care if they're five or 40 years old. The oldest company I've worked with, like 42 years old, is they tried, they were doing great, they had revenue, they tried and tried and tried to go do more, but they were operating off themselves, their ego and what they did, not what they needed to do. And that's one thing I'll leave with this thought before we move on. There's a difference between what a, what a business owner, by the way, definitions. Entrepreneur is not just a startup. It's anybody who started a company that's 100 years old. You're an entrepreneur. So it's not like people always say entrepreneur and business owners. They're one and the same. But here's a mistake <laughs> we make. Yeah, yeah, you're getting it. You're laughing. You get it. And here's the thing is that if we operate of what we know, we're not operating of what we don't know. And that's the mistake. And my goal in a service to entrepreneurs of all stages to take the veil off of what they don't know. And as I'm very well known about, is to give them fact, not an opinion. Everybody has an opinion, but can we change an opinion to a fact? Because once you make fact-based decisions, the results start happening and quickly. Okay. So when you're saying of all stages of business, you know, and to make fact-based decisions, I'm so glad that you said that because in looking at your bio, you have worked on all different levels at the executive and board level. I mean, you've worked with engineering and business development and capital acquisition, and you've worked in technology and consumers and music and film in green industries. So for all businesses, it's, it's the same formula to success. Well, here's the thing. yeah, there's a certain formula for any business, whether you're a startup company 
or you're existing to grow. So, for example, for a startup, you assess everything. You just will focus on, I call it two railroad tracks. Um, the right railroad track, parallel, is this is what I've done so far. I've done nothing. That's great. We focus on the right track only. Or I've done this for like two years and we're going to launch. We look at what you've done on the right track, but then we assess to develop the strategy for the short and long term on the left track. Because if you look at railroad tracks, what happens is they merge, right? They merge into one track. Uh, existing companies. Here's what we're doing. We're going to generating. We're making a million a year, but our, you know, our profitability isn't that high. Great. Let's see what we can do to perpetuate that, but we're going to work on the, the left track to develop your next stage, and then they will merge. So there is a formula, per se, and every business has different needs, requirements, et cetera. And again, the challenge that a startup or existing company has is, this is what I want to do. This is what I want. I want this. I know I, I want this. And I'm like, well, there's a difference between <laughs> wanting something and what you actually need. And it's funny because uh, I'm, I'm starting with a company. I started with a business partner, and we were discussing this because I've done research for years on, online, really in-depth, too. And... There's all these articles about what entrepreneurs want, very few of what they actually need. And so people are giving people what they want, but it doesn't give them their objectives. So in essence, and I may disturb a lot of people saying this, if I give you what you want, you're going to be happy and I'll make money, but you may not succeed. If I'm really respectful and honest and tell you that's not what you need, this is what you need to be successful, I'm being of service. You may not want to hear it. That's okay. But do you want what you need to be successful or what you want to think to be successful? And that is a dilemma in the consulting and coaching industry. When I say, when I use those terms separately, I came like in the Fortune 500 world. And one of the key things many years ago was a consultant and coach where the coach can consult. It's a depth of knowledge and expertise. Okay, does that answer your question? Absolutely. And so as you talk about helping all these companies, I mean, I know that your expertise and your experience has led you to be able to help people on a professional level and with financial support and resources and anything that they really need to achieve that ultimate success, which is why I love that you're on Unlimited Life and how to have that unlimited business success. And But I know that along the way, you have been kind of dubbed the general contractor of business, which I just looking at that, just <laughs> saying that, just makes me smile. I feel like I'm dancing on air, and I say the general contractor of business, and I love that title. And so can you just share with me how that came about? Because I absolutely adore that. Well, it's hysterical. Well, for me, it's hysterical. I, um, I started my first company, and I did it just to develop ideas. And I did it. I had to learn a lot. I did stock offering, which we can talk about if you wish, the difference between public and private market, because people don't sure. know how to raise money. I'm going to actually just touch on this a bit. When people hear raising capital, they think of an SBA loan, I'll take a line of credit on my home. That's borrowing money. There's raising capital, which, which is actually primarily selling stock in a privately held company, just like the stock market. So I'll touch on that later if we have time. But what happened was um, I was in Los Angeles, and I believe we were at the Marriott, and I hosted this evening before we started this week of training, which you know about. And yeah. so I had a few attorneys there, high-level financial people. I actually had a music, uh, management, arts management company up in uh, Music Row in Nashville, and some other people, about 12 of us or so. And we're sitting around, and somebody goes, hey, Vincent, you know, you make our job easier. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, because by the time they get to us, if they're a client of yours, you're on the phone, you bridge the gap in communication. So we don't have to, like, dig so hard and we know they're going to communicate what they're doing, and you're going to fill in the blanks. Because the challenge we have as professionals, legal, financial, music, technology, is we do what they tell us, even though we ask them, and then later on they're like, no, 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 that's not what I wanted. So time and money is wasted. They go, well, you make our job easier. You know what you are? 
you're an orchestra leader. And then I remember a gentleman, Bob, said, no, he's a general contractor of business. Wow. And that's where it's stuck. And that was like 15 plus years ago. But let me describe something for, for um, the audience. If you draw a big circle on a piece of paper, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care if it's a you know, bond paper or tablet, big circle, like take up the whole paper, and you put a dot in the middle, and even if you're, you have a spouse that is part of your company or a business partner, just put a dot for you. The circle represents how big you want to grow, whether you're a startup or existing company. So for those of you who are a little more left brain like me, you cut the dot in an existing company, put a little circle around like the size of a quarter. That's the size of your company. Well, I do $5 million. It doesn't matter. The circle represents how you want to grow. Now, think about building a house. Now, that, that big circle, put a lot of X's around it, 10, 12 X's. Just be sloppy and messy. This is, just, this is really simple. Those X's represent your subcontractors, architect, framer, electrician, landscaper, plumber, et cetera, et cetera. And you're the dot in the middle going, I have to communicate to them my vision, my drawings, and what I want it to look like. And so people hire usually, not all, a general contractor because they know how to communicate your vision with the house to the subcontractors. Okay? Real simple. That's how it's done. I have a background in that, too. So... Now, let's just shift. Look at the circle and the dot in the middle. That's You're the dot, existing or otherwise, and you want to grow that big now. The X's represent your subcontractors, corporate attorney, intellectual property attorney, uh, marketing person, web development, branding specialist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, it could be prototyping, manufacturing, all that. And you're like, I've never heard of these people. Or I have, but, you know, this is a different story. I really need support. Well, that's where I got the name general contract. People go, well, where, what X are you, Vincent? I'm like, oh, that's easy. Put a dot next to you in the circle. Now you're not alone. We're in, I don't have ownership. When I say partnership, I mean building a company. So I work on the um, management executive board level in the center of the circle and help you communicate with these people, to build strong CEOs and management teams. And my goal is to create independence versus codependence. So I'm not there forever. I'm there to help you. That's why these professionals say, you make our job easier. You're on the phone with us. Nobody does that. We don't know when consulting coach. You're on the phone with us. You understand this. Legal, this, that, the other. And that's the similarity of building a house, like building a business, and why I got the, the uh, stuck with me, general contractor of business. I love that, Vincent. I mean, that was such a clear explanation. Thank you. And I also love the differentiation between independence and codependence. And well, the fact yeah, you that know, you're actually, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. I was just saying just that you're helping them. is just amazing to be able to create that well, kind of life that they've always wanted. Well, here's the thing. Um, again, I may tweak some people, but I'm going to use a different, I'm going to use an analogy. People go to counseling you know, like therapists, psychiatrists, and you hear that they're for three, four, five, ten years, at what point do they get the lesson? At what point does this person say, you're ready to go out in the world or, or whatever, that you've really learned the lesson? And they create codependence, some of them. Again, I may tweak some people, and that's okay. But when it comes to consulting or coaching, a, a handful so I'm not going to, you know, I don't mean to upset people. But we're here to do our job to build strong individuals, CEOs, et cetera, to a point where we get to walk away and say, I've done what I came to do, my service, and they don't have to come back to me unless they want to rehire me for something else. Independence is so important when you're a consultant, coach, trainer, or any area not codependence, because if I wanted to, I could be working with the clients for two, three, four years. My goal is with, with either within three, six, nine, or 12 months, we're done. You don't need me anymore. I, I transferred. I transferred all my skills and knowledge to you. 
because that's how the corporate world works. They transfer everything to you. A trainer in the corporate world transfers their knowledge because one day they're not going to be there and you're going to run with that and train other people. That's how simple it is. That's brilliant. Okay, so that opens the door to a really big question that I have because I know that you know, you have participated on the USA Today Small Business Panel, which serves, I believe, like 20 million entrepreneurs. I mean, and so to work at that level with Fortune 500 companies, to work at that level with, you know, all of these millions of entrepreneurs around the world, and then you so generously, as you talk about serving, have also been training the youth and working with the CEO team program and and identifying and communicating their passions. And so how does that work with teens when you have them new? <laughs> before they make mistakes, before they take action, before they plan. And you can actually start with the idea and the seed where they're in the center of that idea and you're next to them. And then that translates into the growth and to the CEOs of the future or the entrepreneurs of the future. So let me just rephrase this. Your question is about working with teams and molding them, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So I, you know, when I had the opportunity from my one of my oldest, well, twenty-plus-year-old friend, Dee Hogan, who developed a team program, and she's a she's a best-selling author in relationships, uh, communication, and helping teams. She's a remarkable, Dee Hogan. Um. She asked me, will you come in? This is like three, four, four years ago. After seeing her do the work with the team, she goes, will you come in and teach them about how to, I want you to help them flesh out their passion. At least at that age, it's going to change. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll tell them that. Flesh it out, what it's going to take, and how to communicate it. If you know the word communication comes a lot. And so I had an opportunity. And she always asked, she always pulls her teams at the end of the whole week when she has like three, four, five of us come in individually. Do you want them to come back? And I have been both to come back each time because they get to call it for, the, for, their, for their peers. And uh, I'm very honored by that, very humbled, because I really come from my heart. And, uh, and I, have, I have bad kids. I have two daughters, uh, older now, adults. <laughs> and uh, when you work with I treat the teens like I treat I would treat you, Nicole, or anybody else. I don't treat them any different. But I know there's other things I need to address or ask. So when you talk to a teen, you talk to them like an adult with respect, and you have to ask certain questions, like I said. And it's about it's about their interest, their passion. It's about pulling it out of them because a lot of these teens don't have an opportunity to share it with them because of their peers, their teachers, who says, you know, it's all about education, not about your passion, their family, their friends, they're afraid of looking whatever, you know, like embarrassed. So when you nurture them and you give them a space to draw out those things, then you start showing how it has to be developed and how to communicate it. Magic happens. Really, it's so beautiful that you take the time to serve in this way. I mean, just to teach and to train at the level which you're training internationally, around the world, for entrepreneurs, for businesses. And I had a question about something that you had said once about presentation, because Mm -hmm. I was blown away by your presentation. And I think that you had said something like that: presentation is ninety percent. Or can you talk on that, what that meant? Well, here's the deal. Um, there's a lot of information. People have asked me, oh, you do personal development training. No. You do empowerment. No. But the, both of those are yes and no. And on my website, which I know I my company's over 12 years old, this company. I have another one that's older, two other ones. And I never had a website for it until last October. I never needed I never needed one. Never wanted one because I got referrals all over the world. But the demand started getting to the point, I guess it's just people's mindset on social media, you need a website. I'm like, great, I'm not gonna offer not yet, probably six months or a year down the road, downloads and pay stuff. This is gonna be like totally informational. 
And if you go to my website, it's so simple. People are like, oh, I can do this with it. I can do I'm like, I don't want that. I'm a very simple guy. Go to my website and look at what I do. And if you're interested in more, let's chat. Because we may not be a right fit. I'll tell you, we're not a right fit. I'll refer you to somebody else. That's how simple I am. But when you're asking that question, it comes down to, um, you know, it's really funny. A lot of questions are very easy. That's a little bit, that's a bit of a challenge there. Um, a trainer, there's a lot of people out there that, like I said, personal and business development and empowerment. Information's great. But how many of your listeners, and I want them to check in right now, because as you know, I've spoken to tens of thousands of people over the years. And I say, how, much you, how many of you have done personal development, empowerment? It's like 95% of the room. I'm like, great, how much have you retained? Small percentage. And by the way, statistically, there's a 97% attrition rate in personal development where you only 3% can carry it forward for the long term and the rest of their life. Uh, that's that's no. If you don't like it, it's true. And that's not bad. It's just a matter of how do you sustain it. And I found the key, by the way. And then uh, another uh, statistic came out about three years ago by a huge, one of the most respected research companies in the world, that 10, maybe 50% of people that go through a business training, okay, I'm talking like an individual, like marketing, not like uh, uh, uh a whole type of, you know, which we you and I were talking about. Sometimes you go to, like, um, a weekend marketing training, a weekend social media training, a weekend, just a weekend or whatever. Ten to fifty percent, whether they're management, executives, or employees can sustain that. And there's a gap there because information is great, transfers of skills, and showing people how to actually do as you're in the room, not just take notes and talk to them. Like, for example, we're talking to the audience, and I've given tips, and i got so much more to share with you in the next 30 minutes, which is going to blow people away, is this is great, and they're getting some things to think about. I want to give them action items before I get off the phone. My goal before we get off is to give them action items, because without action items, information. And in a room, I have them interact, actually do work. So that's the difference that we're talking about that you asked the question. It's actually doing the work in the room to actually get results, create habits. See, motivate people. You're a motivational speaker. I'm like, no, I'm not. But I'll tell you, I want people I work with, companies, individuals, or audiences, to be motivated by results right then and there, not motivated by information okay that's brilliant that's so genius and with that and giving people action items i would love to go back because i know that we've got people going crazy here since we touched on it and they're just so curious about the raising capital instead of borrowing money oh let's talk about that (laughs) (laughs) well here's the thing so Um, capital is never an obstacle right only if you want to be it, Nicole, or anybody else. Here's the deal. Almost every business is undercapitalized because they're thinking, like, again, I get the best widget, whatever. I'm going to give you, I'm going to mention names, but for example, my most recent clients around the world. I got a music artist that thought that she was a music artist because she had a powerful message to get out. And she has a award winning musicians for top Grammy people, vocal coach, writer, and she already launched a song, which is actually on my Facebook page, and more songs. And when I, when I, she was referred to me, and I said, you know something, what's your bigger vision? What, what's your message behind this? She talked about families, individuals, children. And I said, so... I'm going to just make this brief. I said, you know what? You're not a music artist. You're not competing with all these other things. If your goal is to be in the Grammys, that's your ego talking. Let go of the ego. You're about service, right? She goes, oh, yeah. It took a while to digest and get the lesson. So what she thought she had a company as a music artist is now an empowerment company. So she has 
all these revenue streams. So for your audience, look at your business, and on a piece of paper, I'm very visual, I do Skype calls around the world, draw an arch like an umbrella on a piece of paper and, and start thinking about start thinking about um, all the different ways, products and services you can serve people. And no old bar. That's the challenge people have. They limit themselves. So she has the music as a marketing piece and a message. Her message in the music translates to, to seminars, workshops, books, downloads, keynote speaking, et cetera, et cetera. She has like seven profit centers. But she never saw herself as a business owner. She saw herself as an artist. So now we're into the capital phase because investors are looking to invest in companies that reduce risk with multiple revenue streams, not just, oh, the next hula hoop, you're going to make a billion dollars. That's high risk, one product or one service. So she's now, I worked with her a little over a month, into raising capital. She has to get into what's called legal compliance. She's doing what's called a bridge round, which you can do. When you start selling stock in a company, ownership, for those of you who digest that better, they have a piece of your company. And the myth is you need to give up control of your business to take on investors. That is a choice. So don't let these investors tell you differently. There's angel investors, individuals, angel groups, venture capitalist mindsets, individuals, venture capitalist groups, and, drum roll please, what I call vulture capitalists. So are they. They pit their money against your weaknesses to convince you you're never going to raise all your money unless you give up control. And I'm going to say something that's going to tweak some people. Stop watching Shark Tank. That's what I'm going to say. So capital is the fuel in your business tank, your car. And once you learn how to raise money, as my mentor taught me and other people, it will set you free because you don't always keep raising money. You have to come to a point where your burn rate is past what you raised. But that's where people, they don't know how to raise capital. People aren't taught this in schools or anywhere else. I've been teaching this for years in that environment we play in called CEO space. And the thing is, is like I told you, they take a, they take a, a line of credit in their home. I know a couple that took like a $200,000 line of credit in their home that was paid off to buy a franchise. Now, a franchise sounds low-risk guarantee, right? They chose the wrong location. And within two years, they folded and they owed over $200,000 on the line of credit in the home. Was it bad to buy the franchise? No. Was the location messed up? Somewhat. It was about marketing, marketing, marketing. So these components of building a business, it's just not uh, a side. It's not like one little vent or silo. Everything has to be considered, ladies and gentlemen, and incorporated from the start. And take your time. It's like exercising. You don't become fit in 30 days. And, and Nicole, you're fit. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, As a dancer absolutely. and this and that. It doesn't happen in 30 days. Well, then you need it as a business. So take the time you require. Oh, but what if somebody beats in the market? Then we'll protect your idea by patent, trademark, whatever. And then you'll build the strategy and plan and we'll go to market. But if you think you have to go out there, again, action versus planning, it should be planning and action. And planning is action. So, I mean, I can go on and on and on. But like I said, i got some things I want to share with you, but um, your turn, darling. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's just such brilliant information. It absolutely is. And, Vincent, at what point do people find you? to work with you? Is it when they're just starting a business or when they've hit walls and they've bumped or they're in a maze or just like these people that bought their own franchise and now they're in debt and where do you go from here? At what point does somebody call you and say, Vincent, SOS? Well, you know, it's funny because I got a call, oh, 
like the, my my client the way I described. I also got a call from another. I got a call. I get a call from law offices. Uh, uh, financial, not financial advisors, but people that offer financial services like chief financial officer outsourcing or bookkeeping or like some attorneys. I I know probably some corporate attorneys. Um. Other consultants like me that do similar but different work, and sometimes I get phone calls saying, "Hey, Vincent, I met you two, three, four, five, six, nine, ten, twelve, twenty years ago." And I've actually heard this, and I say this not to impress people, but to show them the difference. I was going to hire you, but I, but I wanted to pay less, and I'm not expensive. That's what's really funny about it. <laughs> my 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 overhead is so low. It's so, so funny. I don't charge a whole lot for what I do. And they're like, but yeah, I wanted to hire somebody else. I'm like, so what's going on? Well, they didn't give me what I thought they were going to. Now, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a side thing here. And I said, okay, well, I may or may not work with you, work with you, but you know it's going to cost money again. And I said, send me the agreement from that person. I have them do a confidentiality agreement so they know I'm not going to blab it. I look at the agreement. I go, okay, well, I see what they're doing here. What were your expectations? Well, they told me they were going to do this, 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 this. But they didn't do it. And I said, but see, the problem is uh, your agreement doesn't say that. So for your listeners, when you're told they're going to do something, if it's not in the agreement, don't sign it. Because I have, I have, I have had to clean up so many agreements. I had clients, people that hire me, and I say, the first thing I want, I want your corporate documents, incorporation documents, bylaws, articles, everything. I want every contractor in with anybody. I'm going to review it. Because I want to see what your expectations were in your understanding versus what they're giving you. And uh, maybe, you know, it's over half the time, six, seven out of ten times, what they were told is not in the agreement, and they have no recourse. See, I'm a client advocate besides the general contractor. I'll say it again. I'm a client advocate. They have me on their side. I know how to read agreements. I've corrected agreements. Somebody says, oh, I'm going to hire Jane Doe. Okay, great. Where's the agreement? Get them to send your proposal. Let's review it. And this is a true story, but, of course, not Jane Doe. And I said, well, I find that what you told me they're going to do is not in this section here, this section here. I don't like agreements that are buried information between paragraphs. It should be a list of things you're going to do and description. And they went, wow. I said, do you understand this? No, I don't. So we got on the phone with this person. And I said, hey, because I, I knew this person actually informally. And I said, you know, we met, et cetera. Oh, yeah, I got a lot of respect for you. I heard a lot about you. I'm like, okay, well, that's great, whatever. And I said, this is their understanding, but it's not in the agreement. So we went through the deliverables, the scope. And they said, I'll correct that. So they put it in there. Now my client is not going to, it's going to get everything he wanted and they have a recourse that they don't. So I call myself a client advocate too, which is not on my website, but it's really, if you think about it, that's what I do. You know, it's like a pseudo pseudo-partner for a short period of time. And I can see that. I mean, it's so wonderful. And I know that you work with people all over the world. And so do you fly? Do people work with you on Skype? How can they find you to work with you? Well, here's the deal. Um, Like I said, I have an informational, very basic website, intentionally. So people go, oh, that's pretty basic. I'm a basic kind of guy. (laughs) Okay? And I thought I'm doing this for almost 20 years, um, they can go to Vincent Molina, V-I-N-C-E-N-T, Vincent Molina, M-O-L-I-N-A, and I know you put it on the website and all that, dot .com. And every page from the first page, and there's drop down to read a little bit more, but they're not extensive reading. I hate websites with extensive reading. This is very basic. Like I said, I don't sell it or offer. It's information. On the first page, second page, about me, a little bit about what we do, like, you know, consulting, coaching. I do weekend workshops, one day, half day, 
whatever people want. I customize stuff. On every page, though, they can email and say, you know, information. Hey, I heard you on Nicole's show. I, can we talk? But here's the key. Nicole, you know me. <laughs> this isn't like free and then people pitch you. I don't do that. You want to talk to me? Talk to me. You want to know more? Know more. You want to ask questions? Ask questions. I'm very, I'm a different animal than uh, not everybody, but a lot of people because it's not a, it's not a, a funnel of like, oh, talk to me free and I'll give you, no, look, let's talk, let's find out. So VincentMolina.com. If they want to email me directly, VincentMolina at Yahoo.com. But they have to put in the subject matter, Nicole or Nicole Braden or the show's name. So I know because I delete spam every day and I have no idea who these people are. So, and they want to contact you, you can just send them to me. That's fine. I mean, it's no big deal to me. I'm here to serve. Now, I would, I request that you allow me to share a few things that I've been wanting to share. I'm like, you know, answer my pants right now. Absolutely. Are you kidding? All your information. Share, share, share. You're so brilliant. Please. I open right. the door. I open the windows. All right. Let's go. So here's the deal. I'm going to share five keys to success and are the things that I've shared with not just clients but my peers. And as you know, and I'm not a name dropper, but I've shared the stage with some pretty prolific people out there. Very prolific. Well known, you know that. And that's not ego, it's just I've been blessed. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, when I'm on stage, or I believe Nicole heard this, I get this great introduction like she did. I'm like, oh, great, this is wonderful. And I get up and say, thank you so much. Here's the deal. Collectively, you all have more expertise than I do, <laughs> more degrees than I do. So I, I will respect you, respect me, but don't put me on a pedestal. Let's see, what you saw, on, they can Google me, Vincent Molina, Google me. Don't. Don't do that. We all have individual expertise to share with one another and be respectful. But I don't see myself as a celebrity or a this or that. I see myself as a human being, a spiritual being, sharing my gifts. So when I'm on stage, I think believe you heard this, maybe not, is that I say, "Great introduction. Here's who I am. Don't let this don't let this suit fool you." I'm a barefoot, tank top, shorts, tattooed local boy from Hawaii. And people look at me like, oh, my goodness. And their butt relaxes. Because <laughs> that's who I am. And for your audience, I'm so real, you're either going to love me or not. I'm in a tank top and shorts and barefoot right now in my home. Does that diminish my value? No. It's who I am. I grew up in Hawaii. I was born in San Francisco. I grew up in Hawaii since I was five. And I went back and forth. I went back four years to do what? To do the honorable thing, to help my parents. And I'm moving back to the West Coast later this year. Probably San Diego. I haven't figured that out yet. So... It's so funny, Vincent. Just need to jump in for a second because all these people in the United States right now that are buried in snow, so many people, and right this very second just want to be you. Well, I was at the pool this morning because I was too lazy to drive to the beach. Sorry, guys. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I have a the clients that go, uh, so how do we do business? Skype? Yes. Google Docs? Yes. Technology? Yes. But I really want to be in your. I want to be with you. I'm like, well, then you have to, you have to work through that challenge because we don't have to be. However, I have a clients fly out here, or when I lived in Nevada, you know, to ride off. If they come to Nevada, I was in Southern Nevada, Henderson, outside of Vegas, and like, I'm taking my wife there for vacation. Can we meet so I could ride up the whole thing? I'm taking my wife or my husband to Hawaii. Can we meet during that time so I can ride up the whole thing? So anyway, whatever you all want to do, just watch your money. I'm very frugal with my clients' money, very frugal. So let me get back to the key, to what I wanted to share with your audience and then give them action items. <clears throat> we got 15 minutes, and I'm very mindful of the time. So after 
corporate world and 20 years of being an entrepreneur plus and a speaker, trainer, consulting coach, whatever, for 15 plus years because I took rid of that. I realized that people say, what's the key to success? And I asked audiences, thousands of people all over. And there come with all these answers, which I won't go through. Time, well, perseverance, dedication, passion, etc. So I actually had the opportunity to talk to one of my peers, a very well-known person, which I will not name. And he was like, I really am looking for something different to fuel my business. And this guy is like, if I wanted to compare, which I'm going to right now, but I usually don't because we're all equal, he would be like 20 notches up for me. But he's a dear friend now. And I said, well, can I share with you the five keys to success? He goes, what? I said, sure. And in fact, I had this conversation yesterday with my client, my client of mine. We were talking, and I said, you know, you know your challenges? And by the way, I use, by the way, definitions, ladies and gentlemen. There's never a problem. There's only a challenge. Our mind, and our, we're brought up, because when we hear a problem, we get negative. When we hear challenges, we hear opportunity to overcome. So don't call anything you're doing a problem because that is going to suppress your ability to overcome it quicker. If you call it a challenge, I don't care if it's divorce, bankruptcy, kids got an F, whatever, your business is not good, it's a challenge. It's never a problem. And here, I get adamant. And by the way, I think Nicole knows on stage, I said, I'm going to take it on a ride. I'm going to make you laugh. I'm going to make you cry. I'm going to be adamant or I'm going to be fun. I'm going to be silly. I'm going to be stupid. And laugh at my dumb jokes. I'm getting adamant right now. Do not use the word problem. If you think that's not a big deal, check in with yourself. So five keys to success by Vincent Molina. Let go of your ego. I call yesterday my client. I'm not, I'm not you. I'm not an ego. I'm like you are an ego, and I pointed it out specifically. I got a text from her last night this morning saying, "Means what? You're so right." And it's not about me being right. It's an observation. Ego does not serve you. And I see this on, on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. You know something? It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about people. So ego has no place in your life unless you have a low self-worth. Seriously. Or competition. I have to look good. I told you what I'm wearing right now. I haven't freaking even shaved this morning. I'm not an ego. This is just me. Take me or don't take me. I don't care. But leave your ego outside. Number two, honor what you know. Honor what you know. Not an ego. So if you have a degree or degrees or skill training Street smarts, honor that, not an ego. Three, honor what you don't know. And this is where people get stuck, Nicole. I need to look good. I can't tell them I don't know this. I don't understand what they're saying, their terminology. I need to look good. That's that's all about ego. Honor what you don't know. Four, then ask for support of what you don't know. And here's the stuck point there. If I tell them I don't know and ask for support, I look weak. Oh, cartoon voice. No. With me, at least, and a lot of my peers, you are showing big management executive smarts. We don't know this, and we want support. Do you know how many people want to help you? Do you know how many investors want to invest when you sit there and go, here's our business plan? And by the way, that's for another issue, another show, because there's flaws in that thing. Here's what we know and don't know, and we're asking for support. That is a strength in the eyes of people who are awake, investors, business people, whatever. It's not like, oh, well, Nicole, she doesn't know this. You know, it's like, you know, she's a poopy head. That was my nice term. No, Thank I'm going to go if <laughs> I know. 
But if Nicole said, you know, Vincent, I, I'm stuck right now, and this is what I want to do, but I really don't know how to do it, and I'm a little embarrassed. I'm like, Nicole, don't be embarrassed. I honor you for saying you don't know, so let me show you what to do. So let's recap. No ego, honor what you know, honor what you don't know, and ask for support. Now, here's the kicker, okay? Absolutely. Never forget where you came from. Now, I've done this in audiences, thousands of people collectively, like probably 30,000 people. And they look at me like, what do you mean? Well, were you born with a silver spoon in your mouth, mouth and had it easy? <clears throat> Pardon me, just drink some water. Okay. Did you come from impoverishment? Oh, yeah, but I won't tell anybody that my family was poor. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's ego. I don't want to tell them that I got physically abused, sexually abused. And that's for men, not just for women. I don't want to tell them that. Look, honor what you know what you don't know and where you came from. Where you came from has made you who you are today. Don't deny it. Learn from it. Because as soon as you learn from where you came from in any facet, you get to let it go and move on. Let go of that issue if it was an issue, not all it's an issue, but you also can capitalize the strength that you built from it. And I've spent a lot of my clients. This is one thing like my client I mentioned with some music cards. She's like, wow, I got more than I paid for. I have helped her through all these issues. Not See, business strategy is not just about let's build a business, make a lot of money. It's like how can I build you and get through your issues to make you a better human being? hope that wasn't too loud. I got really... <laughs> no, Vincent, I love okay. that this is who you are. I mean, so just, I'll just I, I'm sorry. Yes, recap those five keys to success. I know people yeah. are writing just diligently yeah, right now. Ego, and it would, uh, let your ego go. Honor yes. what you know. Two, three, honor what you don't know. Four, ask for support. It's a strength, not a weakness to ask for support. And never forget where you came from. Now, we got lots of time. Here's the deal. I saw a lot of posts on Facebook the last few weeks about think outside the box. There is no, no, there's like the thing outside the box. Get rid of the box. Here's the deal. Again, audience, and I've done this for years, so I know the poll. When I say, I'm going to ask you, Nicole, when I say think outside the box, what do you visualize in your mind? A box, right? Apple. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm pro. If I say, if anybody says again on Facebook, I'm going to be very gracious. If I keep saying think outside the box, I'm programming you that there's a box, and then you find that you're in it, pushing the sides. If I tell you, hey Nicole, you know something? There's no box in life. It's open field. Picture yourself in a big grazing. 10, 20,000 acre field, no grass, no fence, it's open. That's what life's about. But as soon as I tell you there's a fence around it, you picture a fence. How am I going to get out of here? I say, think outside the box, you think the box. Stop it, ladies and gentlemen, there is no box. Okay, so then with that, here's my question, and this show is Unlimited Life. So for those that are striving for financial success or happiness in their own personal life, or how does one live that unlimited, unbridled life. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I missed the question. So so what would you suggest to people? If there is no box and there is no fence, what is something that you could share with our audience on how to really live that unlimited life or that unlimited unlimited finance? Great question. So here's the deal with the few minutes we have left. We are, people are programmed. I've been programmed. I'm still working on my stuff. By the way, just so your audience, I ain't perfect. I got crap that comes up all the time. But I know how to deal with it. Or I have my own coaches. Coaches have coaches. Consumptive coaches, executive coaches, okay? I have my own. But here's the thing. How do you live an unbridled life? No bridle, no fence, et cetera. 
it's going to sound very mundane because it's all out there. Write down what you truly want. Literally, write it down. Get a composition notebook. My favorite. I got tons of them. Write down what you want in your vision. You don't have to share with somebody if you're embarrassed, but I find that myself included, I have a hard time sometimes writing down what I really want. I'm, guys, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm so authentic and transparent. I'm telling you right now, but that's how I can success is by doing, telling people what I have a challenge with. You write down your vision, your mission, no holds bar. And don't start with how much money you want to make. Start with what you want to do and who you want to serve. Seriously, if you start with I'm vision boards, goal boards, I see a lot of them in people's homes. $50 million, $2 million. Like, why do you start with money? Why don't you start with what you want to do? The money will follow. So to take the bridle off, say, like the horse, write down what you want. Write down who it's going to serve. Action items may determine what you want, what do you want to do, Who's your audience? And you're not going to nail it, but like, I want to serve everybody. Well, that's a broad audience, but that's fine. But then I want you to find this. This is kind of like business planning. What's the problem you're the solution for? So I want to help people have a better life to general. In what way? Get specific. Right? Yeah. I want to help, and I'm going to use my own, my first book and what I used to do, which is, I want to help divorced couples with children communicate effectively so for the sake of the children. That's pretty good. But then I had to come down to what are the, the core issues in divorce with children, and I found that out. And then I told people across the country, and then I found out the seven core issues, taking off physical or, or sexual or uh, drug abuse. So what's, what, what do you want to do? Now, formulate that into a problem statement the, the challenge, well, the problem's a great word in this case, but the challenge is um, families are disconnected. Oh, by the way, I'm going to use somebody else's thing. I just thought of Families are disconnected. And the solution is we help families be reconnected to general. Families are dis- disconnected because they work too hard, they have issues, money issues. The number one cause for divorce is money and finance. Number two is affairs. But they're disconnected because they work too hard. They don't focus on their family. They don't know how to work more effectively, ladies and gentlemen, effectively, not efficiently, effectively. And, what, well, that's, that's nice. That's not the problem. The problem is, is that they become disconnected. The problem is they get to drug abuse and problem, prescription or otherwise. The problem is they have affairs. The problem is they're never home. The problem is the children goes out and, you know, hang out with friends and get involved in all kinds of stuff. That's the problem. The solution is... That's not me, by the way. It's somebody else I met years ago. I teach them how to work more effectively, be present, communicate better, and spend time, quality time, whether it's a little bit or a lot, so they stay connected and have a better family life. See, problem solution. Okay? So that's the, that's I'm going to challenge your audience. You want to take the broad law, write down your vision, and write down what the, what the challenge is and how you solve it. Three things. I can make, we can raise money off of that. You can go to market with that. Just with three things. Okay? I love this. Vincent, I well, so appreciate <laughs> you. Yeah. I mean, I'm this is just, we want to just, you know, bring you back on and on because there's so much to talk about. And your advice and your wisdom and your knowledge, it, it's just unmatched. It's fabulous that you share the way that you share, and I so appreciate you. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm laughing at myself because I'm walking around. Cause I'm, I feel like I'm on stage training, you know, just with the audience. I've been walking around, and I caught myself at that statement. I was so in the zone. I'm like, I thought I was just talking to you. I'm like, I'm so in the zone right now. And so, like, like Nicole, this is all you have to do. Build your business. I'm like, and then I started laughing at myself. I was like, oh, my gosh, there's an audience. There you go. That's so fabulous. Anyway, and for all of you that I, have been writing like crazy for all of this, you can get a copy of today's show. You can just send a text message to 55678, really simple, 55678, and the message is Nicole, and a copy of today's show will be downloaded right into your phone or any mobile device. So you can go through those five keys to success, which I just 
absolutely loved and how capital is not an obstacle and all of the things that you were sharing about serving and creating from the foundation. And I love the circle with the person in the center of the circle and with you standing beside them. Yeah, I want to leave one last thought because we're at the top of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, your past, your past does not define who you are. Your past does not define who you are. And thank you for tuning in. Oh, Vincent, thank you so much. And we look forward to having you back again. And so this is Nicole Brandon and Vincent Molina wishing you an unlimited life. 